This is the Wu Wei Wisdom Podcast, our weekly no-nonsense life lessons aimed to inspire you to master your emotional and spiritual health, achieve balance, harmony, and flow, and rediscover the authentic and awesome you. We're your hosts, David James Lees and Alexandra Lees. This week, we are focusing on the benefits of mindfulness and meditation. And you'll learn how to integrate these practices into your daily life with ease. Okay, David, so let's begin with some definitions. What exactly is mindfulness? So mindfulness to me is what the word suggests. It's being mindful during your normal daily routines. Living your life mindfully is not allowing the part of the mind that we call the inner child to take over, to be mindful of that. So when you're uh, dealing with normal stuff, to be mindful that your emotions aren't becoming overwhelming, to be mindful of the wholeness of all you are. I sometimes say when I'm doing these teachings with you, and we can do it now, drop your shoulders, take a deep breath, and just be mindful. So you're still listening to me, you're still sitting down, we're still working together, but you're more mindful of the whole, it's like widening your perception of the whole thing, rather than being focused. And how many times if I say to you, take a breath, Drop your shoulders. Why are your shoulders up there? Because you're not mindful of them, and that has become where you normally hold them. And David, I think when a lot of people think mindfulness is about obviously being in the moment and being acutely aware and observant of the stuff going on around you in your world, mm. rather than spending too much time in your head thinking about the future, too much time in in your head thinking, ruminating mm. on the past, is to be... Uh, it's almost like acutely taking in and absorbing your environment. But what you've also just said is actually it's also about being acutely aware of your internal environment and how your inner child is, that part of your mind that can kind of create red light feelings of fear, panic, anxiety, and being aware of our thought processes. Yes, I think that's another way to describe it, Alex, being aware being aware of the wholeness, the oneness, I would call it Peter Dallas, the, the oneness of your life. So sometimes it is, uh, you should think about the future, but you shouldn't be focusing and just thinking about the future or the past. A lot of my clients are really anchored in the past, what happened, what should have happened, what didn't happen, how unfair it was. And so that's not being mindful. And I think your definition is quite good. Being in the moment, the Taoist talk about it being the observer and I love that term just being the observer stepping back so if you're going say for an interview or you having a different a difficult meeting with a friend or a colleague just mentally step back take a breath drop your shoulders and listen to that inner voice that I call Shen you may call it a different word intuition Good feeling, a lot of my clients call it. And in Taoism, that voice, that inner voice, is called the sage, 
S-A-G-E, the sage, the wise inner voice that's coming from Shen, coming from your innate worth and value. So being mindful means that you don't get carried along with the extreme etern- uh, 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 you know the top line stuff the frothy stuff i don't know what to call yeah. it the immediate stuff you know oh somebody's done this oh they shouldn't have done you're that. not being very react you don't want to be reactive yes i think yeah, that's, a good, that's a good well you have to react but not being taken along with the reaction yeah. you're always in control and i think that would be my definition of being mindful so not being taken over by your emotions, not being taken over by your negative thoughts, not being overly optimistic. You know, a lot of people writing to me and say, oh, well, you're saying I should think the best about everything. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying Wu Wei. You could say, for instance, I've just thought of this. Mindfulness is being in Wu Wei, being in your flow. Isn't that a nice term? Just staying and being in your flow. And David, I, I like that because obviously, you know, in, in, in our teachings, we describe Wu Wei as this center line in, in the yin-yang symbol, the, the great ultimate symbol that explains everything for Taoists. Mm-hmm. But if we follow the concept that mindfulness is the harmonious balance between being aware of our internal world, our thoughts, uh, our beliefs, our self-talk, uh, our physiology, physiology, you know, if we're tense or tight in any parts of our body. So it's that awareness coupled and balanced with the awareness of what's going on in the external world and being appropriately responsive and adaptive and transformative to what's going on, challenges, opportunities, potentials. Wu Wei is the balance between those two worlds, isn't it, really? Exactly, Alex. That's, that's, and that's what I would think is being mindful as well. It's because we're always being almost assaulted by the outside world, you know, advertisements, uh, social media, what people are doing, what people are saying, and things like that. And we can get easily drawn into that world and we lose the bigger picture, widening the perception. And that's another reason why we do these teachings. And that's why I like the Taoist idea of stepping back. Could you do that now as you're listening to me? You can still listen to me, but just in your mind, step back. Step back. And don't be so drawn into it like a magnet. Become the observer. Observe what's going on in your life at the moment. Observe are you in your flow. Observe when other people are not in their flow. See, this is a great mindfulness exercise. And the more you do it, the benefit is, the more you do it, the more it becomes familiar, and the more you don't realize you're doing it. So it's a kind of a very gentle transition from one state to another state. And this is done by what I would call being mindful, being in the moment, being in Wu Wei, or mindfulness, and that's how I would describe mindfulness. And I, I like, David, that idea you've suggested of stepping back, because I think our ego, our inner child, if we are ruled by that, or, or we allow ourselves to be ruled by that, it's like it naturally wants to focus on the stuff which uh, is triggering uh, self-doubt within us, triggering... 
which then cre uh, creates the red light feelings of fear, worry, anxiety. It, it kind of lasers in of all the things that is going on in our world, uh, opportunities, potentials, challenges, things on the horizon. Our ego and inner child focuses in on the things that it perceives as danger. But if we can step back, it's then we see the bigger picture and we see there's way more going on here. And that actually the thing that we thought was important and the thing that is taking all our attention and all our time and all our energy and our efforts is actually not that important. It's not that consequential. And there's a vast, that stepping back allows us to appreciate a kind of a vast richness of everything else that's being presented to us internally and externally. Yes, I can't really extend on that, Alex. I think I think the inner child, part of your mind, remember it's not your enemy, it's not out to get you. It's a child who wants what it wants when it wants it. <laughs> it's very self-consuming. And it's a little bit like one of your biological children or your physical children that come into you in the middle of their crisis. And what they want to do is to almost drag you into their crisis and that's what your inner child wants to do they sometimes don't like reality they don't like the way things are and they want things the way that they would want it and the inner child will very easily drag you into their traumas their i call it you know the maze of confusion they will drag you into their confusion and if you've got physical children you will see that they will do the same what's important to them has to become important to you. Now, there's a way that you can show that it's important to you, but you don't have to go into it. You can, you can be compassionate, caring, loving, all of the things which you are sensitive. I know a lot of my clients like to be called sensitive. So you can sensitively deal with a situation without being drawn into the quagmire. Sometimes I kind of imagine it when I'm working with clients, it's like one of those whirlpools or quicksands, and they want to drag you down. And stepping back and being mindful allows you to deal with what's going on, but not become part of it. You don't have to step into the crisis. You don't have to be part of the crisis. In fact, if you're part of the crisis, you're less likely to be of aid and help to the, your partner, your friend, your family member, your parent, your child, because you're kind of in there with them, drowning along with them. So stepping back and being the observer and then acting from that place can be a very powerful te technique of mindfulness. So how do we actually do this stepping back? How, If it's not a familiar kind of habit for us yet, this is something new that we want to try out, how would someone begin to do that? How would you kind of break that process down? Well, I think now you're talking about meditation. Okay. Uh, so okay. now we go on to meditation, which is slightly different. Meditation for a Taoist like me is the process of focusing your mind. So here's where a lot of my clients get confused with my definitions and what they've learned when they've gone to Buddhist classes or yoga or something. To me, meditation does not mean sitting cross-legged for 40 minutes or whatever, watching a candle or doing that and emptying your mind. I could never understand when people say, oh, I'm trying to, I can't empty my mind. And it takes me back 
to my master in China who said once to me, and I thought it was a wonderful teaching, a mind without thoughts is like a pillow without feathers, useless. And so we can't empty our minds with thoughts because that's what the mind is, it's thoughts. But what we can do is focus, focus our thoughts. So rather than it's firing around like a a firework exploding and taking us all over the place, then we can't step back and be mindful because we're in that explosion of thoughts, beliefs, what might happen, what could happen, what should happen. It didn't happen, it should have happened, wouldn't it be better if it had ever happened? Meditation is learning to be focused. And I often say to my clients who say, I can't meditate. And if I've been working with them for an hour, I say, you've just meditated for one hour. They say, no, I haven't. I've been talking to you. Well, that's a meditation. We've been focusing. The golden thread process that that we teach here, the self-inquiry, is a meditation. You are focusing. You are following the golden thread, as Alex often said, like the breadcrumbs. Oh, I've now created a red light feeling of fear. I let me call it a red light feeling. Why have I created that red light feeling? Why have I chosen to create that red light feeling? Now you are in a meditation because now you're focused on one thing. With mindfulness, remember we said we step back and we look at the whole picture and we try and find the Wu Wei. With meditation, we are now focusing down like a a microscope we're we're tuning in and getting bigger and bigger and following it down and following it down and looking at the core beliefs the core beliefs that we have normally for my clients they're not even our beliefs they're something we've inherited from other people what experience of a child and that's more a meditation focusing the mind so this focusing whether it's doing self-inquiry work uh, in a session with you where you're encouraging the person to be focused and connect more inward to the Shen, the authentic truth, the authentic voice, or whether it's simply kind of going out for a walk in nature, uh, doing something peaceful that you enjoy, whether it's artwork, listening to music, reading, cooking. All of these processes are allowing us to still and quieten and focus our mind down into a kind of a singular point. And I suppose what is what you're saying is that all then all the other dust and the fluff and the the sparklers and the fizz bang stuff you talked about, that then all settles down. And is it the case that once we've focused down, we've got our mind calm and still, then it's like we can then reemerge and open our mind back up but in a way that we've now quite in the mind and step back. And then we are then can reemerge and look at the bigger picture, but through a clean lens, through a, with a calm mind, with a peaceful kind of inner world. Well, what you've said there was very helpful because, as obviously because we're doing these teachings, I was focusing more on the golden thread and going down to find a misaligned or a false belief But what you just brought in is very interesting because it doesn't always, you don't always have to focus and meditate on problems. I can remember uh, much younger when I used to love horse riding and I used to go horse riding two or three times a week. And when you're on sitting on top of a 17-hand horse galloping along, 
my goodness, you are focused. You are focused on that process of galloping, keeping balance, working with the horse, and you couldn't think about any, anything else. So as you said, in a way, that's a meditation, even though you're galloping along at 20, 30 mile an hour. You're in a meditative state because you are totally focused. And that's one of the reasons at that time I used to love to go horse riding, because you couldn't think about anything else. Your mind couldn't go sparking around. So you don't always have to focus on a problem. You said walking in nature, cooking, needlework, reading a book, listening to music. And what, to me, meditation is, as I've just said, focusing the mind. How we use it in our model, uh, because people come to us because they're having difficulty with their emotional balance, we're focusing on the belief that creates the emotion. Remember, emotions are always the consequence of what you believe. So many models talk about, oh, tell me how you feel. Oh, let's control your feelings. Let's medicate your feelings. Let's walk in the park and that will make you feel better. Yes, it will make you feel better, but you haven't addressed the core issue of what created the feelings. Walking in a meditation, and Taoists have this technique of slow walking. Have you ever seen, have you ever been to an Asian country and you see them on the morning walking very slowly, very carefully? Remember one time when we went to China, Alex, and people were walking backwards? Yeah. <laughs> Walking backwards. Very carefully. Very carefully. But they're in a meditation and they're focusing on an issue. And that could be a problem, but it could be on something they want to solve. So again, meditation for me is focused where mindfulness is living in balance and wu wei in harmony. But they're both kind of interactive. And, And so I would say, and wouldn't I say this, I believe every human being should meditate for 10, 15 minutes a day. That's all you need. Again, a lot of my clients are surprised because they say, I've been meditating for an hour a day. For a lot of people, that's too long. 10, 15 minutes just to be focused. Even if you're focused on if you made a mistake the day before, Try and focus on how did you get to that position? What was the process? Or if you want to be focused on, I don't know, perhaps you've got an interview or an important meeting or perhaps you're meeting somebody for the first time, just be focused on how you're going to be. Think about that center line I talk about in the meditations. Get your physical body balanced so you're not tight. Breathe deeply. And then just picture yourself going to that interview, to that meeting, to that having that difficult discussion. And then that will help your mindfulness when you're actually in the meeting because you've prepared the ground. And I believe, again, they're, they're your children, teaching. And remember when we went into schools, yeah. as Alex and I went into schools as much earlier, teaching meditation to, ch- to children. And you know who give us the most problems? <laughs> Wasn't the children. It was the teachers. Yeah, they, they had the greatest resistance to 
um, the the concept of doing the meditation or mindfulness. Yeah, the and children were very open hearted and open minded and took to it very very easily. And remember that <laughs> one time we went to the school, and I, I recorded me that Alice can correct me. And the head, no, the head teacher was for it, but she gave us to I think a second in command, and she said to us, "Right, I'm going to take you to." The most unruly class. <laughs> yeah. Remember? The trouble. The, the trouble, trouble kids. Made, the trouble yeah. kids. So best it, of luck. it will not work. And that's yeah. what she said. Best of luck. What happened within 10 minutes? They were all asleep, calm, still. Yeah. Afterwards, they couldn't. That was all around me. Oh, what is it? And guess what I saw? And it was great. And it was great. And the teacher was going, I can't believe it. That's the quietest this class has ever been. And so... I believe that teaching this 10, 15 minutes, being focused, being focused on a problem or being focused on how you should be, being focused on how you live, then that leads into the mindfulness. So they're kind of both connected, but I believe strongly that meditation is a very powerful thing. And surprisingly enough, um, one of our most popular YouTube teachings is not the inner child. People love the meditation. <laughs> so I'm always recommended if you've got uh, a good idea that you would like me to do a meditation on so you can focus on something, just write it below. And, and when we do our meditations, you know, I, I'll, do, I'll do one for you. But it's very important to think that you don't have to sit cross-legged. It's not something that's painful or uncomfortable. You can meditate in your bed. You can wake up 10 minutes earlier and just lie quiet, get your breathing right, get your center line right, and focus your mind. And this one last thing, I know Alex wants to ask a couple of questions. One last thing. Please, 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 do not only meditate when there's a problem. This is the number one thing that people do. They come to me, I teach them or do a meditation for them, record a meditation for, uh, for them. They follow it for a couple of weeks and I go, oh my goodness, that really helped. That really helped me through this situation. Then guess what they do? Stop doing it. And they go back to how, to how they are. Find a meditation. If you like to do a guided meditation, find someone you like their voice and follow it. Or do your own meditation. Just do it to music, as, as Alex says. It's extremely powerful. And, well, I think you've covered all the questions I had there, David. And the good news is we have a huge meditation uh, video playlist on our YouTube channel uh, with David's guided meditations that you can enjoy anytime. And I will put a link in the show notes uh, to those guided meditations, which you can access, as I say, anytime. And if you go on our website, we also have some meditations in our shop. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Wu Wei Wisdom Life Lesson. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please rate and review us to help us grow. If you'd like to work one-to-one with David, He supports clients all over the world every week via video call. You can learn more about David's consultations, plus our online events, offers and gifts on our website, wuwaywisdom.com. You can also meet and share with us in our private Facebook group, on our YouTube channel and on Instagram. 
Search for Wu Wei Wisdom and you'll find us. Until next time, stay happy, healthy and in your flow.